With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Been a busy last few weeks for the Michigan football program, even without official word on Jim Harbaugh's status. We bring you up to speed on everything going on in our first episode of 2021. All right, guys. Happy New Year. Good to be back with you on the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Good to be back. Thank you. uh, Good holiday. Yeah, we're here in 2021. All our problems from 2020 are now behind us. The calendar turned to January 1, and just like that, no issues. (laughs) Right? That's what I kept hearing. I'll roll with that, I guess. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, sounds good to me. We've got two uh, undefeated basketball teams, the men and the women. Hockey, I don't know what their deal is. I always count on Ryan to to fill us in, but... uh, They've been off. They're, they've been off for the last few weeks, and they returned to the ice January 8th against Michigan State. So there's no new updates with there with, with that okay, team. I got so. you. Well, I guess I say that to, to say this, that we will have, um, in addition to our content on MLive.com, you know, a, a upcoming podcast talking about you know, those winter sports. But this one's going to be focused on, on the football team. There has been a lot of news, but one piece of news that hasn't come out yet is the status of Jim Harbaugh. I guess beyond uh, next season, he is. He is under contract for the 2021 season, but that would be very unusual. Um, it was already weird that he, he didn't have the extension going into to this year, but this past season, that is. But well, we can start with Aaron, kind of why hasn't there been any news or, or what is is the latest on, on Jim Harbaugh's status as Michigan's head football coach? That's That's a good question, and it's one I think no one really knows the answer to other than maybe Jim Harbaugh. Uh, he is set to enter his seventh and final season of his original contract uh, next week. In fact, as of Monday, January 11th, that would begin year seven. Uh, there's been no indication at this point he has signed a new deal. Uh, reports had come out last week that, that an extension has been offered to him. He has the ability to sign it. Reports from Bruce Feldman the Athletics say it's, an ex- it's a five-year extension that would keep him in Ann Arbor through 2026. So it's about where you probably want, you know, from an extension perspective, I'd say you at least extend them three, maybe four, five, I guess it's fine too. I suspect this, this new deal, again, we haven't gotten word of particulars just yet, but I suspect the base pay is going to be a little bit less than what he was making before, but I expect it to be incentive enhanced. In other words, you know, maybe making less salary wise, but you know, if you're to win the Big Ten title or get to the playoff or something of that ilk, that he would be able to collect, you know, a massive bonus. So it's an incentive to obviously stay, but but also win win and, and get this this program, you know, maybe over the hump to where they want it to be. But as far as whether he signs or not, you know, 
I don't know at this point. I, I would say that th- reading the tea leaves, it looks like he has intentions of staying in Ann Arbor. We'll get into this in a little bit, but he made the move a few weeks ago uh, to let go Don Brown, um, which I think is, is, is an interesting and probably needed move. And there's been some other signs here too. Ben Herbert, Michigan Strength and Conditioning uh, Coordinator, Director, whatever you want to call him, was on the, on the radar for Brett Bielema, Illinois. And I would think if, if there was concern on Herbert's part that Jim was no longer going to be around, he probably would have taken that job and left. So the fact that he's still here, still at Michigan, signals to me that Jim has intentions of staying. But again, today's Black Monday. NFL coaches are being you know, let go left and right. Jim Harbaugh's name has come up for the open New York Jets job, among others. It would not surprise me if the NFL reaches out, you know, if NFL teams reach out to him this week. Uh, engages interest in, in returning, and and like you said, Aaron, yeah, with with Michigan offering likely more incentive laden deals and a lower base salary, the NFL hasn't really is cash stricken as as college athletic departments are right now too. So they might be inclined to offer more money, uh, more base salary as well. And, and like you said, the the Jets, uh, even the Jaguars, they had a poor twenty twenty season, but again, they're top, picking top two in the draft could build around a franchise quarterback. Houston also has uh, an opening. Um, they have Deshaun Watson, one of the one, a top five quarterback, in my opinion, in the NFL. So there, there could be, uh, there's some attractive elements there to those NFL jobs as well, if they are interested in Harbaugh. So yeah, that is uh, an interesting layer to this whole situation as well. These rumors come up every year. I mean, just, you think this is going to be, this one has more legs. It's a possibility that he would make that jump or return, I guess, to the league. I, I do just a because of Jim's contract status and only having a year left and him just not being able to have success. Maybe he wanted and Michigan wanted, um, but I have to. And I was going to get into this year now, but I have to wonder if, if Jim feels you know the same level of support from the administrators and the administration at Michigan than he did when he first got here. You know, we saw over the summer him kind of you know uh, disagree with the university president Mark Slissel on the decision to play football. You know, the, the fact that Michigan has allowed Jim to enter or come up, come to his final year uh, without an extension. You know, if, if you're Jim Harbaugh, you have to be, you know, second guessing yourself or wondering why, why don't I have an extension? Why haven't they shown me more, you know, more love, I guess, so to speak. And the fact that, you know, if, if, if the contract that was offered to him, the extension that was offered to him is in fact for less money than he was making before, you have to wonder, you know, if he, if he looks at that as a slap in the face. Uh, it, it's rare where you, you see a head coach of a football, major football program, be offered an extension to his original contract, making less money. That just really never happened. So Jim's in a weird situation. Um, I guess it doesn't surprise me just because, you know, he, he marches to the beat of his own drum. He does things on his own, as we've talked about in the past. Um, he doesn't have a direct agent. So a lot of these leaks out there, I, I, you wonder, you know, where that stuff comes from. Because I, I I genuinely don't think it's coming from Jim Jim Harbaugh and his direct camp, uh, so he's in a he's in an interesting tight spot here. Both I think both sides are both sides I think have some leverage to some degree, uh, especially if Jim you know garners some some NFL interest like reports are, are you know out there for. So I I don't know I will say this: the longer this drags on, I, I do expect something to happen this week. If Jim Harbaugh is genuinely interested in staying at Michigan, and I do think he is, I, I do think he signs an extension, and it's probably going to happen this week. But the longer this drags on. By the end of this week, if there's no you know inclination that Jim has put pen to paper and signed an extension, if I'm more manual, I start to worry, and I start I would probably start looking at you know potential candidates to, to replace Jim because th- that tells me that he's entertaining potentially a return to the NFL. You know, people are are poo pooing that idea. I think especially around the Michigan program, but to me, 
it would not surprise me at all if Jim decides to make a return. I mean, he, he was successful there for four years. He, he got to the Super Bowl. Yes, he didn't win it, but I have to think, you know, the competitive nature in him uh, would want to get back there and win it all. And, and if he and he looks and if he feels like he can't do it at Michigan, he's going to look elsewhere to, to try and do it. It's just strange. Their last game, you know, was November 28th. I mean, granted, they, you know, they had the possibility to play beyond that, you know, including a, a scheduled game for December 19th, uh, you know, in the in that extra Big Ten game that that was never played for Michigan. But yeah, it's still ta- that is now weeks in the past. So as far as Ward Manuel's statement about that, they'd be playing, you know, talking, um, you know, when the season ended, that's now come and gone and, and still no word. I mean, I'm sure they have talked, but uh, it's, it's just strange that, you know, nothing, nothing is, has happened on, on that front. And the, the carousel is starting to, to turn and, and with, you know, college football coaches being hired. Um, so Michigan, you know, they're already going to would be behind and fired. I mean, we just saw Texas laying a bombshell over the weekend and yeah. firing Tom Herman. <laughs> right. A- absolutely. Yeah. Things are starting to move. So you're going to get caught, you know, behind if you don't, you know, yeah, they're already behind. I feel like that the Texas hiring was, was an interesting thing. I don't, don't quite get the appeal with Steve Sarkeesian. I don't, I don't know what I'm missing there. He hasn't really been too successful as a head coach. I'm not sure he's the guy you, you fire, fire your current coach is doing all right. Uh, given all the buyouts to go get, but that's a different, that's a different issue. So yeah, Michigan has, uh, has some questions to answer here, but yes, as you mentioned earlier, Don Brown, uh, is gone. That's one, that's one piece of news that, that we do know about. Yeah. That, you know, wasn't necessarily surprising. Um, but you know, assuming Harbaugh is retained, we want to discuss potentially some, some candidates to, to replace Brown. Yeah. The move was made, uh, December 22nd, so right before Christmas, Don was informed that he was, was no longer expected to return. He did have a year left on his contract. His name has since come up, you know, in other job opportunities, Arizona's reportedly looking at him. We're not surprising if he lands somewhere else. I mean, Don's I think at, a, at maybe a lower level uh, school, whether it's you know the Pac-12 or an AAC school, I think he would be successful, and he's you know he's been successful in the past. But with regards to Michigan, it just it, it wasn't working. I think at the end of it, yes, at the very beginning, I think they're they're largely successful. Uh, keep in mind when when Don took the took the job at Michigan in, in 2016, uh, Michigan already had a top five ranked defense in the country. So the players and the ski and the and the, the person that were there, he was able to maintain for a while. That it kind of it's kind of started to slide off the last the last couple of years. You didn't see the aggressive nature. You didn't see the pressure on the quarterback that he wanted, and and it kind of fell apart here this year in, in their abbreviated season. Yeah, there I, I put an article up, and I'm live. Gosh, a week or two ago now with potential candidates. Uh, some I've soured on. There, there's a name or two I, I would have probably added now, but by and large, it's it's pretty you know fixed to me. And I think ideally, I think some of these names would be perfect for the job. Some of these guys would probably do better with maybe big match with, uh, with others. Um, but I'll, I'll just go down the list and you guys can chime in as you want and with your thoughts on, on candidates. But first, the first guy that came to mind when, when I heard that you know, Don was getting, getting let go was Derek Mason, the, uh, the, the fired Vanderbilt head coach. Uh, wasn't largely successful there, but you know he, he's another former Harbaugh staffer when he was at Stanford. You know He's a bro- former Broyles Award finalist, one of the top assistant coaches in the country. He ran a 3-4 defense at Stanford that, that was top 15, top 20 nationally. His name right away came to me. I mean, he's, he's a guy I think would, that would recruit well. I think he'd resonate in the Midwest. You'd have to think, and, and his name has since come up for other DC, DC jobs around the country, but I have to think if you're, if you're Jim Harbaugh, you reach out to him you know, pretty, pretty right away. 
second on the list. Uh, this name I really like, and I, I do think he's going to be considered for the job if, if he hasn't been already, Jim Levitt. Uh, he's a defensive coordinator right now at Florida Atlantic, another former Harbaugh guy. He coached with Harbaugh at the San Francisco 49ers from, from, from 11 to 14. He moved on to Colorado. He was at Oregon under Willie Taggart, another former Harbaugh, Harbaugh guy. Even at Florida Atlantic, their offense hasn't been great this year, but again, they've, I mean, they've been top ninth nationally in points allowed, 15th in yards allowed. So he's, he's been successful. He's, he's a guy that's familiar with Jim and his, his systems. I think he'd fit well from a, just from a, a scheme standpoint, a personality standpoint. So I would expect him to get serious consideration. Charlie Strong is a, is a high profile name. I think some folks are throwing out there. He's currently an analyst in Alabama, former head coach at South Florida, Texas, Louisville. He's a primarily defensive-minded guy. You know, he's, he's been D.C. at several stops. When he was at Louisville, his, his team ranked first nationally in yards allowed per game, second in scoring. And not only that, but he has recruiting ties to the South. And I think that's where Michigan really needs to, to get a hold on. I mean, they've improved lately, um, but I think they need more bodies in the South. I think he would bring that. And then Tim Banks, he's the, currently the co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach at Penn State. I, I think he'd be more of a gamble, but I think his ceiling is incredibly high. Uh, he's a Detroit native, played at Central Michigan in the early 90s, uh, and he has extensive experience, you know, coaching in the in the Big Ten. I mean, he's, he's you know, he's been at Penn State since 2016. He, he runs more of a 4-2-5 scheme, so it's a little different than what Michigan's flashed in the past. Um, but between that and I, I think his recruiting prowess in Detroit, now keep in mind, and, and Ryan can chime in here, but Penn State's been able to nab several Penn State recruits, or excuse me, Detroit area recruits. Uh, in the last year or two that, that could have been Michigan targets. So I, I think he would give Michigan the added recruiting, uh, you know, benefit in Detroit, in the Detroit area. Just to chime in here real quick, but yeah, like Aaron said, I mean, you're not only just hiring a defensive coordinator to work with the players that are on the team right now, but you have to think about the future. If you look at who Don Brown has brought in on the defensive side of the ball in the, the last several classes, it's been a lot of Northeast Boston area and not really considered hotbeds of, of high school football prospects. But if you look at Charlie Strong, like Aaron said, he has deep ties to the South. He has a lot of experience. And that's one area where Michigan could definitely recruit better, but especially Tim Bakes. And Michigan really hasn't developed those relationships with these high school coaches in recent years. There's been a lot of criticism about their relationship and going into these Michigan high schools and, and getting to know these players and coaches. And they, they missed on a lot of top prospects in the state in recent years. And I think Tim, Tim Banks would help kind of repair any damaged relationships with some of these Metro De- Detroit schools. And yeah, like you said, he might be a gamble on with the, with schemes and, and how he performs or how he does with the defense right away, but his ceiling is pretty high and he could really improve the the recruiting at, at Michigan as well. So I think those are two interesting names that I find uh, could be viable replacements. And, and I think that goes kind of goes to show that the pathway Michigan has here. Do you go with the proven recruiter and the guy that can develop relationships and potentially develop guys, or do you go the defensive coordinator route, the guy with maybe head coaching experience, someone who's been in the saddle before and, and has that more you know you know broad broad looking vision? Um, the fifth name, because the fifth name on my list kind of goes along that that way, um, is Will Muschamp, the the fire South Carolina head coach. Uh, another guy with extensive head coaching experience, he kind of rose up through the SDC, but he has a defensive mindset. Uh, his teams were very much well regarded in, in that in those in that regard. They, they played those low low scoring, you know, 
grinded out battles. So I, I must champs, another name I think Harbaugh should probably look at. And there's one name I didn't put on the list originally that has popped up here in the last few days, the last week or so. Another former Harbaugh guy, Lance Anderson. He's currently mm-hmm. the defensive coordinator at Stanford. Uh, he's been there since 2007. So he was there with Harbaugh when he first got to Stanford and he was with Har- Harbaugh at San Diego in 2005 and 2006 as his defensive line coach and recruiting coordinator. So it's another guy that Harbaugh is familiar with. He's proven he's been able to do it at, at the Pac-12 level, the, the, you know, that power five level. So I, I would throw his name in the mix as well. So there, there's a lot of candidates out there, a lot of well-qualified guys. I mean, heck, just the, the other day, Chris Ash got fired at Texas when they made the change there. So Chris Ash might be a name you want, might want to look at. So there's a, there's there's certainly no shortage of candidates. I think Jim has has a good opportunity here to, to find someone that will fit, you know, fit Michigan well and be, and be qualified. I think it's just a matter of which, which pathway he wants to go down, whether it's that young um, up and comer with recruiting ties, or does he want to go with the, you know, the, the, I don't say the retread, but the the guys that have been around a while, guys he's familiar with and guys that he know he can plug in and and kind of let, let go and and let them do their thing. Kind of like he did with Don Brown. The connections to Harbaugh are absolutely worth mentioning, but he's also, you know, he's proven that he'll go and hire someone that he didn't have any previous connection to. I mean, the guy who's now replacing Don Brown is an example of that, and, and many of these other hires are as well. You know, he, he, you know, he'll just he'll hear a good thing or two about a guy, and you know, kind of do his research on them and and on him, and you know, ends up ends up hiring him. I mean, he's had to make a lot of hires during his time at Michigan, and and many many of those have have uh, been been those that have not had a previous connection to him. So um, I wouldn't say that that's uh, you know a requirement by any means. I won't give a specific name, but I'll say this. I think it's worth looking at the Baltimore Ravens staff uh, where, you know, Jim's brother, John is the head coach, you know, guys that are in lower positions on that, on that staff, you know, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, you know, they could look for a promotion of sorts, you know, at, at Michigan, you know, here are guys that, you know, John Harbaugh recommends he likes them, but there's not a, there's not a spot for them to be the defensive coordinator or, you know, maybe a, just a, whatever they can, they can move up, uh, you know, at Michigan. So I would, I would look, I would look at, you know, that, that staff as well and look at, look at some of those names, but. I agree. Uh, you don't, you don't be surprised if Jim does go outside the box and hire someone. Um, but I will add this, he's got to get this job right. He's got to mm-hmm. find the right guy. Um, because yes, Don, Don was fine for a couple of years and he kind of let Don do his own thing. And, and for, for the most part it worked, um, but you've got to find someone that's not, not only able to recruit and, and get top level kids, um, and then develop them, but they've got, he's got, he's got to find the guy that gets Michigan over the hump defensively that that can compete with the Ohio States, uh, and, and in the big 10 regularly and, and not lose these games by blowout margins. So he, he's got to get this right. Whoever he goes with, I, I think it has to be has to be the, the, the ideal candidate and I, who that is. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think this will be, I think his most interesting hire maybe since he's been. And not only does it have to be the right pick, but I mean, they can't wait too long before pulling the trigger either. I mean, there's, there's a lot on the line here. Other staff members need to be evaluated. Uh, recruiting is, is, and the transfer portal is going to be rampant this, this off season. And, and you would like to have the guy in place sooner rather than later. So, so these prospects know who, who's going to be at the helm while, while they're here, if they decide to come to Michigan. The last topic here, whoever is a new defensive coordinator will not have a senior Cam McGrone uh, on, on, you know, on the roster for, for next season. He, uh, the linebacker uh, declared recently that he will be, uh, you know, entering the, the NFL draft. Um, you know, there's some other players that whose future has been 
you know, announce one way or the other, we can, we can touch on, but, uh, McGrone, probably the, the biggest name, I don't know. It's interesting. You know, he had, he did, he played in one game as a freshman, you know, sort of a rising star as a sophomore in 2019. It was like, Oh, this guy, you know, could really be something, but then didn't really take that leap this year. I mean, it was just kind of story of the Michigan season in general. No one really uh, stood out in particular, you know, he got hurt towards the end. So it just seems kind of, I don't know. It just seems like a almost unfulfilled potential, not, not anything on his part, but you know, just the way this season went with only six games and uh, you know, the poor record and all that. So I don't know. What is your, what is your take on McGrone leaving? Yeah, this one was a surprise to me. I, I think Cam needed another full season just to kind of reinforce what is he, what he was able to do in 2019 because he played very well in 2019. Now, keep in mind, he didn't start the year as, as a full-time starter. He kind of worked his way into that job and kind of got it and then claimed it. Um, but he played very well, and he put in some good tape out there. I, I think he, he set expectations certainly high for himself. Uh, he now keep in mind he was injured most of 2020. Uh, he had a he had a cast over his left hand for most of the season. He got hurt again late in the season, uh, so he, he didn't have a full season to kind of show that. But part of me wonders if he got a grade from the NFL that he was satisfied with. I think maybe some folks had seen enough tape from him from 2019 to say, okay that's enough to take a chance on you. I don't think he's going to be a day one or maybe even a day two guy, but you know, if he can go early day three, you know, I, I it wouldn't surprise me just because of his speed and his athletic athleticism and everything else. There'll be some teams out there that'll probably take a gamble on him and, and, and try him out. He'd potentially help us stock too at the NFL combine. If in fact, it's a, it's an invite. Uh, So yes, kind of head scratching at the surface, but I wonder if there's more there and, and if he feels like, this is the right time because keep in mind there's a lot behind the scenes. We don't, we don't hear about folks like to criticize kids for leaving early and, and whatever the case may be. Um, but they're also not privy to all the information that these, these student athletes are getting to. And I wonder if Cam felt like, you know, he, he got enough. Exactly. But at, at the same time from just watching the team and the defense this year, I mean, in my opinion, I, I think defensively, he might be the, he might've regressed more than any other player on that defense from 2019 to 2020. I mean, in 2019, you saw him rush the pass, passer. He had four sacks and he, from sideline to sideline, there was at least two, three, four plays every game. You're like, wow, look at Cameron Drone. Like that, that is a standout play right there. And this year you just didn't really see that explosiveness, right? Either rushing the passer or and he, and he really struggled in coverage as well. So, I mean, there's, there's still some holes in his game. It was a little bit surprising just based off of now declaring after regressing that far from 2019 to 2020 to then declare for the NFL draft. But not to say that he won't be successful in the NFL. He just he has a lot more to prove, I think, before he can establish himself. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, he didn't get a great grade from pro. I was, and I think you looked too, Ryan. Pro Football Focus did not give him a high grade for 2020. Uh, you know, granted, it was a smaller sample size and everything else, but yeah, he did not play. You not not play particularly well this year. Um, yeah, I, below I, 60, below 60, which it, which is below average, which is not not great. <laughs> right, it's not, and it makes me wonder. I, I, if you're an NFL evaluator, you know, scout or scout, whatever, whatever case may be, how much they're going to dock some of these kids for these abbreviated seasons and everything else. I, Cause I, I think a, a good season could obviously help, you know, especially in the case of these, these big time programs that have reached, you know, the college football playoff and, and the like. Um, but with so many games going to canceled and coronavirus and injuries and, and just, it, it makes me wonder how much that's going to that's going to affect the stock if it will. I, I don't know. Um, we'll probably find out more here in the next few months. Kind of where he where he lands. I am curious to ask some of these scouting you know, analysts what they think of Cam McGrone. 
uh, if he's too raw, if, if there's not enough tape there, it's going to be curious to watch, but he, he's going to be someone certainly to pay attention to um, whether you agree with his you know, decision or, or not. If you definitely saw the talent in 2019, I mean, he was, he was a rising star heading into this year. I think people expect a lot of big things from him. So it, it, yeah, like, like you said, it's going to be a fascinating kind of just to follow where he, where his stock goes here heading into heading into the draft. Aiden Hutchinson is back. Quinn Nordeen is gone. I mean, some of these guys, though, you know, they've had their four years. It's just this was a year that did not count towards eligibility. So um, really anyone could have come back in theory. I mean, <laughs> you don't know how these roster spots were going to work out with scholarships and things like that, but it'll be interesting Interesting to see. Are there any other names you want to mention specifically? One thing, I'm surprised Nordeen came back. I'm, I'm shocked he didn't transfer elsewhere last season just because Michigan had the two-kicker thing going. Like, If you're a kicker, I, I don't know why you would find that an ad, being an advantageous situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm. In fact, I'm surprised. Maybe Quinn didn't consider transferring to another school to try and get another opportunity to kick full time next year, just because he, he, you know, you could have gotten the extra year of eligibility and the transfer rule, graduate transfer rule, and everything else. So, yeah, that that I mean, it doesn't shock me that he's not coming back. I mean, he's probably had it by now. He's ready to try the NFL. I'm curious to see how he does. He's got a strong leg. Uh, it wasn't exactly consistent during his tenure here at Michigan. He showed some 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 you know flashes where he looked very good. Um, but then he would miss, you know, streaks as well. So, you know, not surprised. Aiden, I think, needed to come back just because of the injury and he didn't get a full season under him. I think he was destined to leave after this year, you know, had he played a full year and been healthy and everything else. But I'm not surprised he's he's, he's coming back. So other than that, uh, Carlo Kempas, I think, is leaving. Uh, Brad Hawkins, there's been no no sign from him, but I suspect he'll be declaring as well. So Michigan's going to have a really depleted defense. It's going to be interesting. What do you pay? What he pay? Yeah, obviously he's gone. So like, there's they got some situate some things to figure out in defense. Not only the coaching staff, but their player personnel. I would not be surprised if they uh, hammer the transfer portal here in the next couple months. I think they're going to need. We'll be uh, covering all of it here on the Wolverine Confidential Podcast and on MLive.com/slash Wolverines. Happy New Year to all our listeners, and thanks for listening.